that's why I say you can take everything away from me. Don't take away my family. Don't take away my financial freedom. Because I, I just I just enjoy the freedom. I love freedom. One of my highest values is freedom. Right. And and so I just can't imagine someone going to a job to earn money they don't like, to work with people they don't like, to do something they don't like, to you know. Uh, all these things they don't like they call it spiritual suicide oh absolutely <laughs> no doubt what up though welcome to the growth never stops podcast my name is michael and today's podcast is going to be about prosperity financial abundance beliefs around money and purpose with a special guest just to give some context real quick Back in March this year, one week before the lockdown, I attended a seminar called Millionaire Mind Intensive. It's also called MMI, and it ended up being pretty much the greatest and most impactful weekend of my life. The gentleman I have the privilege to introduce to you was our trainer for three days straight. He started his first business at age 11 and built and sold his first multi-million euro company by the age of 28. He is an explosive international speaker, author, investor, and one of Europe's leading and most exciting business mentors. Over the past seven years, Arnon has personally trained and coached more than 90,000 people from well over 65 different countries from all over the world. He has also coached a world champion and one of the finalists from the famous TV show Master Chef Australia. Anand has had the privilege to share this stage with other thoughtful thought leaders in the arena of personal and business development, including Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, Les Brown, T. Hoff Ecker, and Jordan Belfort, who was played by Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street, and Chris Gardner, who was played by Will Smith, in the movie Pursuit of Happiness, to name a few. So without further ado, here's a podcast with the great Arnon Barnes. Arnon, it's a pleasure to have you on the Growth Never Stops podcast. I truly appreciate your time. Man, just since, since, since the time that um, I, I've been on, on that uh, MMI event in Barcelona, where you trained about 400 people uh, in, in that seminar. I mean, you've had such a tremendous impact on my life since March. And it's just a big time pleasure to, to have you on and, and share your inspiration story and uh, just your in- educational knowledge as well. Well, thank you. Of course. So uh, humbling, humbling words, humbling words. <laughs> yeah. And uh, before we start addressing some topics around money, can you take us through your inspiring uh, life story, the challenges you had to overcome as a kid, as a teenager and young adult, as well as the breakthroughs? Can you take us through that maybe? Yeah, of course. Um, So, well, you know, I'm originally from South Africa. I I grew up in the midst of apartheid um, when there was a lot of conflict in, in, in South Africa between, you know, the white man and the black man and the pink man and the green man. And, and I never, I never understood that as a kid because in my, in my house, we never had color. 
Um, we never had black or white. We never had, um, you know, we didn't have that. In fact, um, I have two mothers. I have an African mom and I have my biological mom. And her daughters were always referred to as my sisters. And so, um, you know, being a child, naive, you know, the world is big and beautiful, right? But there was a moment in, in time, this was early in the 90s, where my parents had obviously um, felt the great impact of apartheid and they decided it wasn't safe for us to stay anymore. And so the agreement was between my parents that my father would stay in South Africa, sell the house, sell the business, sell everything. And my mom would relocate and she would take myself and my two other youngest siblings um, with us. And we would move to Israel and, uh, you know, wait for my father and prepare for my father's arrival. And, you know, build a life in Israel. And um, I was a very young teen. I was about 14 at that time, 14 years old, um, when that decision happened and when the move happened. And so what happened was we moved abroad. We moved to Israel. My father stayed in South Africa, according to the plan. But over time, um, I think life just caught up with my dad and he never came to Israel. And so we found ourselves living in a foreign country, um, uh, trying to figure out foreign policy, foreign culture, foreign languages. And, um, you know, it was a struggle. It was really difficult. My mom being, a, being then a single mom and, and living in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a different culture with different language, bringing up three children on her own wasn't easy. And so by the age of 16, I had chosen to leave school. I dropped out of school. And I went to work and I went to work primarily to help my mom put food on the table and pay some bills and pay the rent and, you know, help clothe my younger sister and my baby brother. And so, so despite, and even though I was an okay student, I wasn't a great student, but I was, I was a good student. Um, I, you know, made that choice to, to drop out of school, to leave school and, and to go and, help mom um, to make ends meet, as they say. And, and so that's, that's where my journey started. And, and I knew from a very young age that I had greatness in me. I had something good to contribute and do. But I also knew that I would have to self-educate myself. And so at that young age, without a father, um, I, lost, I lost discipline. I lost guidance. Um, I was hanging around with the wrong crowd, the wrong people, you know, doing all kinds of stupid stuff. But then I started to find mentors through the books. And so I started reading books by, you know, Robert Kiyosaki. Um, one of the first books that I touched was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, also other books like Napoleon Hill's uh, Think and Grow Rich. And these books started to open my mind and started to create questions in my mind. And as I started to ask more questions, I started to absorb more in the reading and I asked more questions and I started to absorb more from the reading. And the reading started to expand my mind. Um, then I, w I went to the army. I went to the, uh, I spent three years in the, in the military and uh, I left the military broke, 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 broke. I was skinned. I had no money. And, and I, I left the army with great, great, great hope. 
And um, that's where I started my journey in the, in the big, beautiful world. And I, I started working in retail and started to get acquainted with sales. And that changed my life. And then eventually I built up my first company, first adult proper company. Um, you know, when I was uh, in my early 20s, I sold that when I was at the end of my 27 age. And I took the profits from that company and I reinvested it into property. And by the age of 28, I became financially free. Wow. Um, yeah, and that completely changed my life. But, you know, looking back today with the knowledge that I have today and the experience that I have today, one of my strongest drivers was pain. Because it's abnormal that, you know, a kid moves to a foreign country, uh, has to become the dad of the house, um, you know, help mom pay the bills, you know, three kids at home. Um, it, it's not a normal situation. And I, I was in moments, you know, you talked about where was the breakthrough. <clears throat> I remember being about 17 years old. And I remember one specific event that happened in my life is that I was sitting at home, um, 17 years old, and it was rather late at night, maybe, I don't know, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. And I'm wondering, you know, who's knocking on the door so late? Anyway, naively, I go up to the door, no problem. And um, I open the door and standing in front of the door is my landlord because we lived in rental apartments all the time, right? We couldn't afford to buy anything. And my landlord is staying there or our landlord is standing there and he's standing next to these two guys that were huge in size. And I realized very quickly that something's not right in the situation. And so, um, you know, I stepped out of the house and I said to, I said to the owner, I said, you know, hi, how are you? What's going on? And he says to, says to me, your mom hasn't paid rent for two months going on three months. And I want my money and I want my money now. Every time I try to call, you know, I'm not getting my money. I'm not getting answers. And, you know, he came with these two guys, obviously, to put force over, over us. And so, um, you know, that, that was an experience that happened to me when I was 17 years old. So not the most pleasant experience. And I remember at that moment in time, I made a commitment. I said to him, listen, you'll get your money. Just give me, you know, 48 hours. And, you know, I managed to convince them. I managed to sell to them the story that I will get their money. And guess what? I got their money. And, um, yeah. And, and so I knocked on doors. I spoke to family. I spoke to friends. And I did whatever I could to, to raise the money to help them, uh, to, to pay them to help my mom. And um, it was a pivotal moment in my life because that pressure and that pain and that push um, created an awareness around me that if I was pushed in the future, I could show up. And I think it's one of the biggest, you know, breakthroughs that I had because I see even today in my adult life where I've done relatively well financially and I live a very blessed life. Um, I see that a lot of people in most cases, they don't show up in their life. And, and, you know, I always say, if you want to, if you want to, if you want success in any area in your life, you have to participate in your own rescue. You know, a lot of people want to have, you know, uh, beautiful, beautiful lives, healthy lives, rich lives. Um, they want to have financial freedom, but they don't participate in that area. So you want to have great health, 
but you're eating crisps and fries and junk food all day. Well, you've got to participate in your own rescue. And so I learned to show up at a very young age. And I think that was one of the driving forces that molded me into who I am and how I do things today. It's, you know, it's just about showing up. Right. So that was a really pivotal moment. So long story short, you know, I mean, I've started businesses, I own businesses, but my passion in the last, well, probably more than 10 years um, has been teaching, training, coaching, working with other entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders to do the same, you know, achieve financial freedom. And, and so, you know, one of the greatest gifts that I had was the pain from the past. Unfortunately, a lot, a lot of people have that pain from the past and they've got to find other drivers that are going to propel them forward. Um, so in some way, looking back, leaving school, my father, you know, abandoning my family and, and not showing up um, was actually, it was my golden coin. It was my, um, you know, it was, it, it, was, it was that moment and those decisions that actually started to mold me as a human being. Right. Blessing so, in disguise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Blessing in disguise. And so, you know, we met in Barcelona and, and obviously there were, I don't know, 400, 500 people in the room there. But I'm very blessed that people come from all over the world to, you know, to work on themselves and to create more awareness about success and, you know, personal development, wealth creation, entrepreneurship, you know, business development, all these subjects that tend to be hot phrases. And so, um, you know, I always say to people, I don't have a degree. I don't, I don't have any fancy certificate hanging on my wall. You know, I don't have, um, you know, I don't have, you know, master's degrees behind me. But what I have is real results in the real world. And, and I think that's something that a lot of people need to hear because I think we get caught up so much with the, oh, if I go to school and I do well at school and I get a degree, then my life and my success is guaranteed. And I think that's one of the biggest lies that we've been sold. I mean, I know so many people that, you know, um, live a life of having a job, J-O-B, just over broke, um, you know, they, they're, they're struggling financially. And so I don't think that, you know, the educational system is the only form of education. And I've been blessed to explore both worlds, you know, leaving school at the age of 16 I was forced into entrepreneurship because no one's hiring a 20, 22 year old ex army man um, that's got no qualifications, no studies, hasn't even finished his, you know, basic schooling. And so that pushed me and forced me into being an entrepreneur and creating. And uh, I think we're all entrepreneurs in some way, in some shape or form. We're all creators, but not enough people, I, I, not, not everyone has enough pain. Mm -hmm um to pursue you know so that's kind of my story in short but uh you know obviously we met through training and teaching that's where my passion lies today right i can see that most definitely and by the way what is the greatest lesson that your mother taught you i think for many years looking at my mom i naively would say to myself watching my mom struggle and pay the bills, I would say I would never be like this. I never want to go through life where I have to struggle and, you know, um, really uh, meager 
through life to pay, you know, for food, for rent and all that. I never wanted to be that. I always wanted to go to the other side of the spectrum. I wanted to create wealth. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to have money. I, 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 I aimed for financial freedom because of the model that I had in front of me, the model of, you know, financial struggle, financial pain. Looking back now with, with more wisdom, as you can see, my beard's a little bit white, so <laughs> I have a little bit more wisdom under my belt. Looking back today, I think one of the greatest lessons that I've taken from my mom, and, and my mom, by the way, is one of my heroes. And it wasn't always like that. I never perceived her like that all the time. And that's something that I've come more aligned with in the last few years. But looking back at my mom, who's one of my heroes, if there was one thing that I learned from her, it's never to give up, never to quit, even when it's tough, even when it's difficult, even when things are going south, even when you can't pay your bills, you never throw in the towel. You find a way, you, you know, figure it out. If, if the door's closed, you, you go through the window. If there's no window, you climb down the chimney. If there's no chimney, you freaking make a chimney. And so I think never giving up, never quitting, has been a huge lesson looking back that I can take from my mom. Yeah. Right. Wow. And can you tell us about our beliefs around money and how they influence our relationship with money? Can you go in, in depth with this? So, so first of all, it's important to understand that money is a creation of man. Okay. It, it, it was something that we created. We installed in ourselves. Okay, like a program. We downloaded the program called money. If we look fundamentally at money, one of the biggest problems from my experience is it's an old system. Um, it's an old system based on old rules, but we're living in a new age world. Now, how did we learn money? How did we get what we call a money blueprint? And that's one of the things I talk about and teach. Um, if you look at most kids, you know, how did we how did we start earning money? How did we get an awareness around money is at a relatively young age, we wanted to buy something, right? And then we needed money in exchange for whatever we wanted to buy. And so we would wake up in the morning, get ready to go to school, come downstairs, sitting at the breakfast table. Mom would be cooking and preparing. Dad would run in, you know, with his tie. Um, you know, that's the predominant Im image that a lot of people have, you know? And then as a kid, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid, we're very curious before school kicks that out of us, right? And so we ask questions all the time. So we see dad rush down, go out, leave early, come back late. Next morning, have breakfast, dad rush down, eat something quick, drinks a cup of orange juice or tea or whatever it is, rush out. As a seven, eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid, you say to mom, where's daddy going? And mom says, daddy's going to work. To, to work. And then, you know, the question doesn't stop there. Then it's like, okay, so daddy leaves every day, comes back at the end of the day, every day to go to work. Why does daddy go to work? Well, because daddy goes to work to make money. money. Yeah, to make money, right? And so, um, so, so we associate, our neuro association is, if I want this from the candy store, if I want that from the sports store, if I want to buy this, I need money. Where does money come from? Oh, work. So I need to go and work. And so a lot of our beliefs around money is, comes through modeling, modeling. 
uh, what we see is what we do. Uh, you know, there's a saying, monkey see, monkey do. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of our programming, if you will, comes from, you know, what we're seeing around us, what our parents did or our guardians, whoever you grew up with. One of, one of the oldest ways, you know, that we've been programmed to understand money, how to make money is, well, just model what other people are doing. And the reality is, is that over 90% of the population are employees. Now, again, that's not good or bad or right or wrong, but that's why so many people fall into being employed because their association with money is, oh, I've got to go out, you know, I've got to, I've got to get a degree, I've got to study, I've got to go out, get a job, and by working at a job, I'll get paid. But 99% of people who have jobs don't get rich. <laughs> You know, if you have a company of 10,000 people, there's one CEO and he might be doing very well financially. He could be on, you know, um, 400, 500, 600, 800,000 a year. And maybe with bonuses go over a million or, or whatever, but there's only one CEO in the company. And so you've got 9,999 people who are just employees. And so again, Going back to our beliefs around money, it's been, in, I believe it's been installed within us based on what we see, by what we model. And that's why I always ask people, what is the model you have in front of you? And it's not only about money, about anything. You want to build a great business. Okay, great. Who's the model you have in front of you? You want to become healthy. Great. Who's the model you have in front of you? Because most people's models are broken or they're very shitty models. And so, like, I always say to people, never get financial advice from your broke neighbor. And that's what most people do, right? So true. <laughs> and, and, and it's sad, you know, quick story. Um, many, many years ago, my grandparents living in South Africa, they had this big home, this big house. And, you know, they bought this big home and they lived there. And then my mom and her sister, my auntie, were living in this big house. And eventually they got married and they left. And then my grandparents were sitting in this big home one day and they said, well, we don't need this big home anymore. You know, it's only, you know, my grandma and my granddad, they don't need this big home. And so they decided to put the, the property up for sale. And they went to my father, my late father. And they said to him, listen, you obviously you're in business and you're into entrepreneurship. Um, we're looking to sell the house. What would you do with the equity with the, the money that we generate from the sale, the, the leftover cash. My father said to them, look, what I would do if I were you is I'd take the equity and I would invest it in three or four other properties, put down deposits on three or four other properties, take a little bit for yourself to live off, you know, spread the money out, but primarily use more than 80% of that money to reinvest it by, you know, three, four other properties, rent them out, let the mortgage get paid, make some positive cash flow. And then in 20, 25, 30 years, whatever it is, there'll be no mortgage. And then you can refinance or you can sell or whatever. And they thought about it. And then they decided after they sold their property to take all their money and put it in the bank. My grandparents, even though my parents, you know, got separated, my father, you know, stayed left us. He was in South Africa. We grew up in Israel and my grandparents were very hurt about him abandoning us. 
There's one thing they always said. They said they wish they listened to my father because my grandparents, when they died, they died broke. Wow. And, 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 and who taught them money? Well, the models they had in front of them, right? And so it's such a shame that people don't educate themselves. And if you look at, if you look at the, the one thing, I mean, we go to school, we learn geography, we learn history, we learn mathematics, we learn you know, science, biology, we learn all these interesting subjects. But there's one thing that every single adult thinks about, deals with, and contemplates every single day of their life, probably from the age of 21, 22, 23 plus. Every single day, we think about something called money. money. And we make so many decisions around money. But how come we haven't been taught money at school? Now, I don't know about you. you, you I know you're based in Luxembourg. Yeah. But did you, did you, in your school, did you go to a class called money? Not at all. No, no, and no. So, yeah. And so the schooling system is failing people. Absolutely. If the schooling system was so great, how come most people are broke? Absolutely. How come so many people are suffering financially? Yet when you talk to them about investing or entrepreneurship or, you know, investing in gold, silver, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, you know, all the, they don't, they, they refuse to educate themselves based on a broken model. Yeah. They, they modeling a broken system, but also fear. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it's a problem. It's oh a problem. yeah. And, and I would say that having a close mind is the most expensive thing in the world. Yeah. And I can always, I always say that being born and raised in Luxembourg is like winning the lottery twice. Okay. No question about it. Whether it's healthcare, uh, salaries, education, of course, no doubt about this. But when we go more specifically into the education system, there are so many things that are really not useful at all once we become adults. And in school, even at the, I got, uh, I got, a bachelor's degree in corporate management at the University of Luxembourg. Yeah. And all of the things that I've learned from you or from self-education, from Napoleon Hill, Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, all these guys, I, I, I still didn't learn that in, in high school or at the university that, or just talking about taxes or even writing letters. You know, all of these little things that you actually need in your daily life once you enter the job market, there's just so much you don't even, it's like, it's like school, the, the, the system is intentionally skipping it to keep us trapped in a box and not allow us to think outside the box, think for, for ourselves and, and, and just and be look, independent. Yeah. And if you look at the school system, the school system is designed to create worker bees, right? That's right. what it's designed to create. The right. system needs worker bees. That's what it needs. It doesn't need another queen bee. It doesn't need another king bee. It needs a worker bee. And so a school is a factory um, that, you know, makes and manufactures worker bees. And that's why a lot of people, when they hear my story of dropping out of school, leaving school and not finishing school, um, they say it was one of my, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, hidden blessing is because a lot of people get indoctrinated in the idea of, you know, you've got to finish school, you've got to get a degree, you've got to get a safe job, and then you've got to, you know, retire. You know, it's like, it's so stupid. 
to be honest. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Because, you see, I don't believe that we were put on this planet to do the, to do the 9 to 5, 9 to 5, 9 to 5 until you're 65. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. So no way. <laughs> that's why I say you can take everything away from me. Don't take away my family. Don't take away my financial freedom. Because I, I, just, I just enjoy the freedom. I love freedom. One of my highest values is freedom. Right. And, and so I just can't imagine someone going to a job to earn money they don't like, to work with people they don't like, to do something they don't like, to, you know, uh, all these things they don't like. They call it spiritual suicide. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. So, anyway, it's a, it's a topic we could talk about for hours. But for sure. <laughs> in, in reality, I just think the school system is so slow to evolve mm-hmm. um, that it's letting so many people down. And um, people are struggling. Right. Yeah. How, how come you don't teach money management? I mean, that is, for me, that is like ABC. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know we're going to talk about that, but anyway. Yeah. I, I also wanted to ask, I just don't, they want to specifically talk about these beliefs, but I also wanted to ask how we can actually change these beliefs around money, this programming, this blueprint. Everything, everything starts with a question, you know, and, you know, we're recording this right now. We're, you know, in the middle or at the end, hopefully, of a pandemic, uh, COVID-19. Um, I see even nowadays, you know, we've been, we've been fed or distributed information and so many people don't question it. And again, without getting into beliefs around this pandemic and, and you know, without getting into the politics behind it and all that, but... People don't question. People are such followers. And so, um, you know, it's the same thing with money. It's the same thing with, with all of this. You know, question everything. Question the education system. Question uh, the, the, one of my teachers, you know, Tony Robbins. You mentioned Tony. and to, Tony always says the quality, the quality of an answer is determined by the quality of the question. And so many people, yeah, so many people are asking shitty questions. <laughs> and when you ask a shitty question, you get a shitty answer. And so one of the things, like, I know there are a lot of people going to be listening to this. And if I can leave them with any golden nugget, I'll say, you know, improve the quality of your questions. The better your question, the better the answer. And people are afraid to ask tough questions. People are afraid to, to up the quality of their question. And so by asking good questions, you can, you know, improve that area, but any area. Can you tell us about accelerated learning real quick? Because people tend to think that uh, if you want to reprogram your mind, um, you will need years and years of daily practice and and hustle and and grind and just make yourself crazy to reprogram your mind. But there's also this thing called accelerated, accelerated learning that uh, I got to be part of at the MMI event. So could you maybe get into that as well? Absolutely. So in short, accelerated learning or super learning, um, also known as super learning, is a methodology of teaching um, that was developed by a Bulgarian scientist in the 1970s. And his name was Georgi Lazanov. And Lazanov basically developed a methodology of how he could teach people a new language in 72 hours or less. And what he built around this methodology was how to, is, is, is teaching by engaging 
three things, left brain hemisphere, right brain hemisphere, and the nervous system. And when you use all of those collectively as one, um, learning goes up and uh, massively, massively. And so um, obviously you experienced it at, at one of my <laughs> events, but look, it's important to start from a foundational perspective and understand that every single one of us is hypnotized. Okay, you're hypnotized, I'm hypnotized. Every person listening to this podcast is hypnotized. Right. The only question is, what have you been hypnotized for? Have you been hypnotized for high levels of success, wealth, happiness, joy, great relationships? Or have you been hypnotized for struggle, financial difficulties, financial destruction? And so it's very important to start fundamentally and ask yourselves, okay, so what models did I have in front of me? What have I, what have, what have I been programmed for? What have been hypnotized, you know, to, 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 uh, to, to own? What have I seen around me that has caused me to make it my default mode? In other words, this is just the way I do things. And, you know, there's some really great ways to accelerate your learning um, by changing your mindset. One of them is, you know, obviously reading and making notes. Another one is making declarations. That's very powerful. You know, it's like I've got declarations all over my house, not all over my house, but I've got like declarations in my shower. <laughs> yeah. So I've got declarations, right? Cause, cause everyone has an inner voice, right? Right. Everyone has, uh, has a representative within them that talks and makes a noise. Right. Right. And, and, and in most cases, that representative doesn't say the nicest things towards us. You know, you're not good enough. You can't do it. You know, why will anyone listen to you? Why would anyone come to your podcast? Why would anyone come listen to you on stage? Why would anyone, you know? And so that inner voice gets louder and louder. And so the same way as we can train, um, the same way as that voice gets louder and louder and gets trained to lower our confidence and our own self-belief, we can train that little voice to be empowering and positive. And so I have declarations, you know, in my shower, I have my declarations um, in my bathroom where I brush my teeth at night and it just starts to feed me subconsciously. And, and sometimes when I'm in the shower, I would even read these declarations out loud, you know? Um, and, and that's part of the accelerated learning process where you start to, um, you know, say things out loud, you start to read, but you start to make notes. As soon as you start to engage your nervous system, right? If you're reading a book and you close the book and you leave, that's very static. It's a very low level of learning. But the moment you read the book and you start making notes and highlighting and, and taking, taking the golden nuggets and opening a word document and rewriting it mm -hmm. in, in a summary, all of a sudden you're ingraining the messages, you're ingraining the learning deeper within you. And that's the start of the accelerated learning process. And we do that heavily at my events and at the events that I teach at, because we only have three short days right. <laughs> to reprogram years and decades of built up, stuck energy, built up, stuck thoughts that are non-supportive and disempowering. So how do we do it in three days? Well, we've got to go full, full Monty. We got to use everything <laughs> we've got and we use accelerated learning and it's really powerful and it really ingrains the messages and the learnings deep within us. So we own them 
but we more importantly can live from them. And of course, there's an element when you go home, it's great to repeat the learnings and lessons, but um, the, the, the transformation process of shifting your programming and your mindset around a subject or, you know, we're talking about money and, and our money blueprint and behavior around money. It, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to take years. Um, you know, we talk about money management and that's something you can do instantaneously and you just got to go to the gym. You know, you go to the gym, you start doing push ups. you can barely get 10 under your belt. Um, and then you go the next day and you do again, 10, 10, 10, eventually 10 becomes easy. And then you say, okay, well, let's do 20. And then you're doing 20 and you're saying, fuck it, let's do 50. <laughs> no, so you've got to go, you've got to go to, you've got the same way as you go to the gym to get strong physically, you've got to go to the gym to get strong mentally, emotionally, and strengthen your mindset. It's all about workouts. You've got to do the mental workout. Right. They're right. They're right. <laughs> Dropping truth, Brown. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us about the importance of money management? It's funny you ask that question because I, I'm very blessed. I coach and train so many entrepreneurs and business owners. And, and I actually work with a lot of coaches as well. A lot of coaches and trainers who come to me because I, I've built up a very successful coaching business. And one of the key things that I look at these businesses, regardless of the industry, regardless of the niche, I look, I look at a lot of these businesses and these leaders, these business owners, business leaders, and I, and I look at what they're doing. They know how to make money. They know how to add value to the marketplace. They know how to generate an income. But not a lot of people know how to manage it. And so I will be working with a client and it happened to me in the past where I'm working with a client and he's telling me, Oh, I just signed a contract with this client for, you know, 300,000 euros. And I, I signed a contract with this client for $150,000 and I got a new client for $20,000. And, but at the end of the day, um, at the end of the month, they tell me, Oh, I'm still struggling with money. I'm like, how can it be that you're struggling with money? And then I say, okay, look, show me, show me the accounts. What are we doing with the money? not from an accountant perspective, but from a money management uh, perspective. I, I like to call it money mastery. I teach this in my online programs. I talk about money mastery. And so you've got to start allocating money accordingly because what, what most people do, most people don't even know what day of the week it is with their money. They don't know how much money they got. They don't know how much money they owe. They don't know how much money they have available to them. Because, for example, you know, and I know that every time, you know, I live in Holland, you live in Luxembourg, we're, we're kind of close together. Right. Um, you know, we're neighbors. But the reality is I know that every time I send out an invoice and I know that every time that invoice gets paid, I know the tax man is looking over my shoulder. Right. right? And so a lot of people, you know, they use funds that are available to them, but they're not theirs. And so, for example, one of the problems I see with so many businesses is they don't understand the concept of good money management. Or like I said earlier, money mastery. So in other words, for me, for me to, be, to put it put under the spotlight, every time I get a bill paid, you know, I take a, a sum of that, I take a part of that uh, amount and I put it into a tax account. I take a little bit of that money and I put it into an education account. I take a little bit of that money and I put it into an investment account. I take a little bit of that money, I put it in a holiday account. I, I took I take a little bit of that money and put it in the if we get fucked 
account, <laughs> you know, like the pandemic. So many businesses got hurt right now, right? So many businesses got hurt. So many businesses got wiped out. So many people are struggling. And that's just to amplify the fact that these people haven't been planning. They haven't been managing their money properly. Because if you were planning and managing your money properly, you should have a three to six months buffer. No problem. Sure. You know, sure. I mean, three to six months is not a lot. And so if you haven't been doing that, if you've been struggling financially over the last few, few months and during the pandemic financially, you're going to start asking yourself some serious questions. Hold on. What, what don't I know about money management? What don't I know about money mastery? And so that's why for me, it's a hard pill to swallow when I talk to a 50 old or 60 old who says to me, oh, my business is about to be wiped out. And I'm like, but you've been running this business for 10, 20, 30 years. How come? And it's like, yeah, well, there's no work now. Yeah, but didn't you manage your money? Didn't you have, you know, this account, you know, an emergency account? Um, no, I, I actually, I don't like the word emergency account because if you have an emergency account, you're creating an emergency. Right, yeah. Right, because, you know, you know, you know, what you focus on expands. You know, you've got to be careful what you attract but have a contingency account, you know, and you have three to six months or whatever it is, a little bit of a buffer there. And so I see it as a major, major, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a rock that weighs businesses and people down because they haven't mastered the game of money. They don't understand the concept of money management. You know, like I said, I've got a holiday account. Every time I get paid, right, I take a little bit of money from my salary, my income, you know, my companies that pay me salaries. I take a little bit of that and I put it into a, a holiday account. And the reason I do that is because when I go on holiday, first of all, I want clarity on how much I have in that account. Clarity is power. Most people don't have clarity, so they have no power. And so clarity is power. So now I have clarity. How much money I have in the account? A. B. Have you ever been in a situation, Michael, where you came to spend money and you felt guilty about spending it? Oh, for sure. Tons of times. <laughs> exactly. I've been there myself. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners can relate. So here's the thing. But if I know I've got a, a, an amount of money in that holiday account, I know that that money is there dedicated for me having a kick-ass holiday. So I don't have to feel guilty about, oh, can I spend on this? Can I spend on that? <laughs> I mean, fuck it. We only live once, right? Exactly. Exactly. But it boils down to, are you managing your money? Are you mastering your money? And are you allocating funds accordingly? Most people have all their money in one account. They don't know what day of the week it is. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Right. It's the first time in my life that I can say that I feel financially confident because that was a problem. I acknowledged it. I acknowledged it that I was just not able to manage my money. I didn't know how to do it. I had all of this programming, these negative beliefs about money, you know, growing up in middle class, lower middle class, um, born uh, and raised um, from two uh, hardworking immigrant parents. You know, the, the conversation about money, it, it was, we kind of avoided it and it was, it was, it was pretty rough, you know, so well, most people avoid the subject of money. It's like a taboo subject. It is. And it it's is. like, it's crazy. I mean, like my, my son, uh, I have a seven year old. He just celebrated his seventh birthday. 
And I, I want him to know about money. I need him to understand money. I need him to get the concept around money investing. So many people enter, um, you know, they, they finish school and they enter life and they're financially illiterate. Oh, man. <laughs> They 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 can't they, they can't read numbers they can't read financial numbers, and they wonder why they struggle. Yeah, it's totally sense. And I, I was just I was just in Holland these past days. Uh, I went on vacation with um, some friends. I went to Den Haag, and that was the first time, pretty much the first time where uh, I, I had my, my play budget. You know. <laughs> Since, since March, uh, I've just put, been putting um, money to my play account. And it felt so good that guilt-free spending, being on vacation, I didn't have to worry about anything. Of course, I kept tracking all of my expenses during the vacation, but it was guilt-free. It felt, it's, it's so much freedom. It felt so good. <laughs> it, it's liberating. And the, yes. funny thing is, it, it, the funny thing is, is that the first time I got into the whole concept and really the idea of, taking more responsibility over my finance and everything. I thought that managing my money and being masterful in the space of money uh, would restrict me, would suffocate me. But actually what it did was it promoted freedom. It yes. promoted me feeling free when I spend my money. And I loved that. It was incredible feeling and it's very empowering. It's very empowering. And so sure. you know, everyone listening to this, I mean, if they take again, one more golden nugget out of this, Uh, podcast, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to start managing your money. Um, there's a great story. I don't know if you've heard of Theodore Johnson. Oh, no, no, no. Theodore Johnson, um, many years ago, this is back in the eighties and he, he worked for UPS, um, eighties, nineties, he worked for UPS and, um, Theodore Johnson never earned more than a, a salary. He was an employee. He never earned a salary more than $14,000 in a year. And that was his salary, just a UPS driver, you know, delivering packages, you know. And when he died, everyone was in shock to discover how much money he had left behind. Now, you have to understand, this guy's a UPS driver, an employee on a salary of $14,000 a year, And when he died, he left behind $70 million. <laughs> How My is goodness. that possible? Money mastery, baby. Money mastery. <laughs> The guy was investing. He was buying up stock. He, was, he, he, he educated himself. And so this is a true story. It's been documented. And so, you know, you look at other people. Look at, look, look at Joseph Kennedy the father of JFK, the ex-president, you know, before he was assassinated, the president yeah. of the United States of America. Joseph Kennedy, his father, before, before 1929, his net worth was about 3.8 million. 1935, by the way, what happened between 1929 and 1935? Great Depression. Great Depression, right? He went into the Great Depression with a net worth of $3.8 million, 1929. 1935, Joseph Kennedy was worth a whopping $180 million. That's an equivalent of $3 billion today. $3 billion. <laughs> Now, how is that possible? Well, he understood. 
he used money to, to leverage himself. And that's the thing. Most people don't educate themselves themselves or in, or, or in the space of money. I mean, look where we are today. We're in a pandemic, right? We're COVID-19. The government is printing money left, right, and center. And so if you're sitting at home or wherever you're listening to this podcast or, or watching this on YouTube, wherever, wherever it is, if you think your government isn't broke, you're fucking naive. You know, if you're sitting at home listening to this podcast and, and, you, you, and you still with the hope and the idea that your government's going to take care of you when you retire, oh, you need a wake-up pill. You need a wake-up punch. And so, you know, it's our responsibility to, to master this thing called money. And, you know, money is evolving. You know, it, it's, it, it was gold and silver. You know, I live in Holland. You know, hundreds of years ago, there was the tulip. The tulips, right. right? Yeah. And so now they're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And so it's all about educating yourself, you know? And if you don't educate yourself, life, life will educate you. <laughs> life and the marketplace will educate you. Yeah, you pick that one up. Right. Um, and, so, and so it's just about education. I believe most of, if not all the problems we have, is stemmed out of a lack of education. And so that's why I love teaching. I love educating people. I... You know, I, th I think it's so important. And, you know, the, the corny and cheesy saying is, if you've experienced some success in life, then it's your obligation to send the elevator back down. <laughs> and and that's one. what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. You know, I, I live financially free. I have a beautiful home. I, you can see my, 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 my book, my art. I go, oh, this, well, this side. Yes, this side. Um, right. I've got some beautiful pieces of art, but I live a very blessed life. It wasn't always like that. I came from struggle. I came from middle class. I came from, you know, I came from nothing. I didn't finish school, no degree, all of that, right? But education. And so, you know, if, if your listeners are willing to educate themselves, um, they can't be stopped. Yeah. Wow. Let's get to the final three questions. Sure. And like I said, just like some brief answers required. There's no need to, to, to go uh, in depth with this. Just sure. like the, the first reaction. <laughs> so first we got, if you could go back in time and talk to your 13-year-old teenage self, what is the ultimate advice that you would give to that younger version of yourself? So what advice could I give to my 13-year-old self if I could travel back? Right. Okay. Um, my 13 year old self, I would probably just say to say to me back then, uh, two things. Number one, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be great. Um, and trust yourself, trust, trust myself. Everything's going to be okay. And secondly, as soon as I can get a coach, as soon as I can get a coach, find someone who has success in a realm or an area or in an industry that I want success in and, and, and let that person coach me. I did well financially and I do well financially, but I could have done it a lot faster with a lot less pain and uh, I could have had a lot more hair on my head <laughs> if I would have gotten coaching a lot earlier. Um, it would have saved me a lot of struggle, a lot of pain. So that's probably the two things. Number one, everything's going to be okay and trust, trust yourself, trust myself. And number two, get a coach. Get a coach. Powerful, powerful right there. 
And before we get to the last question, can you share with the audience where they can connect with you? And can you tell us about your services as well? Yeah, yeah, sure. So first of all, you can find me pretty much everywhere. I'm easy to find. Um, uh, my website is um, Um I'm on Instagram, on, on Facebook. Again, Arnon Barnes. Um, so pretty easy to find. Uh, in terms of services, my passion is obviously coaching. Uh, if you're in business, if you have a business, if you have a team, um, if you're a coach, a trainer, a speaker, and you want to develop that side of you, you want to get you know, more high-paying clients, you want to add more value to the marketplace, then I can definitely help you. And obviously, you can visit my website. Um, I've got some webinars around that topic, which is really cool. Um, no sales, no pitching, just value, meat and potato value. So it's really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm really easy to find. Um, in terms of other products, obviously we do live trainings, which are not happening right now, um, unfortunately. But I believe that will change in the next few months. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit of an optimist in this space, <laughs> where everybody's talking about a second wave. I'm saying, fuck the second wave. <laughs> right. Uh, um, uh, I'm, I, 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 uh, I, I'm choosing to believe that uh, things will get uh, better. And um, so, yeah. Just, uh, just go online and you can Google my name, Arnon Barnes, and I'll, you pretty much will find me. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Now, last question. What is your message to the world? My message to the world is question everything. Question everything. Again, I said this earlier, the quality of the question will determine the quality of the answer. Just, just ask good questions. It's like a lot of people wake up in the morning, they jump out of bed and they say, how do I pay my bills today? How do I pay my bills this month? That's a bad question. <laughs> it's like, it's so, it's, it, it starts from the, you know, fundamentally the questions are bad. It's like, oh, how do I, you know, how do I, you know, not get sick again? You know, it's a wrong question. How do I get immaculately healthy? How do I become, become vibrant? How do I increase my energy levels? How do I get fit? How do I get strong? How do I get wealthy? How do I become successful? So if I could leave anything with the audience today, question everything. Raise your question. The quality of your question will determine the quality of your life. The quality of your question will determine the quality of your bank account. And so just improve and ask better questions. Wow, man, Alon, <laughs> I want to thank you and I want to acknowledge you for being a, a leader, for being a teacher, but especially for being a good-hearted and generous individual, most importantly, in my opinion, of course, and uh, especially with integrity. That is something for me There's as far as uh, values and, and, and morals, integrity is of utmost importance. And you pretty much embody the values that I want to put out in the world as well. So I really want to thank you for that. And sincerely, I'm wishing you and your family and your team the best of luck going forward. I express my deepest gratitude to you for the, the impact you've had on my life so far. It's just, it's just priceless. I, I don't even know how to, to give back, but if there is anything I can do for you, just let me know. You know, here, here in Luxembourg, uh, I, I, got, I got like, 
you know, I, I got some impact. I can make things happen. So really just a big thank you to you. You're very welcome. And thank you for the kind words. And there is a way you can, you can, you can um, pay me back. And that is to go out and become as successful, as happy, as influential, as positive, as powerful as you can. Because because we need right now more light than ever. You know, there's, 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 a, there's a war out there, you know, forces of light against the forces of darkness. Spiritual warfare, yeah. Yeah, and, and we need more light energy more than ever before. So the way you can repay me is go out there and become as happy, <laughs> successful as possible and just spread more light. And wow. then I will, I, will, I will consider your work done. <laughs> Thank you, Arnon. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. Thanks. Of course, of course. My pleasure. That's it for today's episode with the great Arnon Barnes. Feel free to connect with us and tell us what you liked the most about this episode. And I would really be thankful for a rating and review for my podcast on iTunes. And again, I seriously encourage anyone who's listening to this to consider attending a Millionaire Mind Intensive event. I don't get paid to say this. I wasn't asked to say this. It is totally genuine and I just understand how life-changing it can be for anyone. And shout out to all the amazing people I got to connect with. Irina, Sarah, Natalia, Edu, Alex, Brian, Angelica, and many more. I'm gonna finish up with a couple of quotes from Arnon. The first one is the best treasures in the world are reserved for the action takers and another one is the most successful ones realize and understand you fix your roof when the sun is shining not when the hurricane comes that's it for today take care of yourself peace out growth never stops